order to feel resilient in our lives, we might need to sometimes rearrange aspects of our lives and to look at our lives from unexpected or unusual ways. And we do that by asking questions and then using the deck to help us answer the questions. And sometimes even figuring out what question you're asking can give you the answer because I think a lot of the time we don't know what question is the overarching question we're asking. Like what is the most pressing question in our lives? Emma, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And happy Lunar New Year. This season has been focused on retreat prep and planning. You know, it's been fun, but also a bit challenging, but ultimately, I know it will be so worth it. Brie is a saint, and she deals with me sending her a million things a day, but... <laughs> Oh man, poor queen. No, she is, she's the best and she is honestly the queen of the retreats, I believe as, you know, it's, it's her that holds the space and she has this gift, like I've said before, she's the force and the power behind the magic of the retreats as it's centered around breath work, which she facilitates and also she is a channeler so so she gives us channeling sessions and you can even ask her questions and very profound healing lessons the curriculum is tried and true so if you signed up and you haven't seen the email in your inbox yeah you can fill out the simple form at yourownmagicpodcast.com slash retreat and i'll send you the info and the more elaborate form the retreats have been some of my greatest memories in life. Another great memory was this conversation with Maud White. Now, this is a fun podcast. It's a special podcast that may intrigue the artists out there listening, perhaps even cut paper artists out there. A very unique, special gift. Perhaps even those who are tarot and oracle readers or creators, whether it's for yourself or professionally, simply just for the creative and the curious souls. And I'm chatting with the celebrated cut paper artist Maud White, and Maud's work has been praised and featured in Huffington Post, Urban Outfitters, Colossal, the Seattle Art Museum, and her new tarot slash oracle deck, depending on how you use it. It's available now, and it has such a standout title, Resilience Alchemy. Resilience Alchemy is grounded yet enchanted, whimsical yet practical deck and guidebook designed to offer support to anyone seeking to live an empowered, creative, and resilient life. And it's complete with Maud's stunning paper art designed and chosen to help us gain the wisdom and the insight needed to harness the power within ourselves. We talk about her deck and her love for words and her love for art. And she even gifts me a reading with her deck, which y'all might find interesting. <laughs> it was actually spot on. It made me blush. But something I needed to hear, something I deserve to hear, perhaps some of you will relate. And, you know, it is what it is. I also always forget to ask that guests don't wear jewelry because you can hear the jewelry from the microphone. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Maude was amazing. She is a phenomenal woman and she has phenomenal messaging and that is all that matters. So don't mind the sound of the jewelry in the background on occasion. Pay attention to the heart of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, with all that said, I hope you enjoy the show and let the magic begin with Maude White. 
<laughs> what is currently, Maude, lighting you up most in this season of your life? Well, this season, that's a great question. And I've been thinking about it. And it's specific to the winter. And that um, it may sound silly, but just light itself, candles, and thinking about creating light in that most prosaic sense. Mm. Like what's lighting me up um, is lighting candles and remembering that like it's a really dark time and it's important to if the light isn't around you to try and make it and I and I and I mean and I mean that in all senses like you know you be the light you as a person yes be a source of light but also making the light around you making the the world physically brighter around you so I've been lighting a lot of candles you know what I feel this and I relate to this so much. I have nearly a dozen, if not more. Yeah, about a dozen candles around me. What is it, Maude, about lighting a candle and having candles surround you? Because that is what just grounds me. And especially when I do these podcasts, I feel like I need to have candles lit around me. Well, there's such a history like humans. That's what took us from the darkness, literally. Just this ability to use fire and... I don't know, there's so much associated with fire. There's there's intention, there's prayer, there's creating warmth. Mm-hmm. There's literally being able to see where something might not have been clear before. And in the winter, when there's so much darkness, it's just so important to, you know, find the light and create the light as well. I think that that has a lot to do with it because something about it is like it's a dopamine hit whenever I light a candle Mm -hmm. and then even looking at the candle, especially when I'm surrounded by them. And yeah, that's that's so beautiful. And also, I'd love to hear your story of walking the path as an artist and focusing mostly on cut paper artistry, which is beautiful, phenomenal. I love that that is your main focus and part of your gift for this world. Thank you. (laughs) Well, um, I've always been really interested in just little secret hidden worlds. And um, I love the fact that, you know, a flat piece of paper, when you interact with it in any way, either like I do through cutting or through drawing on it or painting on it, you just create another world. And for me, art has always been about um, a safe space, giving someone a safe space. I just love the fact that when you cut paper, you can physically have little spaces someone can look into and look through. And that just really touches me. And just for just creating any, any art, I always want my art to make people feel safe and comforted. And I think that's important. I think it's, it's funny, like the emphasis that's put often on making art that, um, is supposed to disturb people or make them uncomfortable. And I think there should be just as much emphasis that makes people feel at home and safe and um, cared for. Honestly, it's a safe space. That is beautifully said. I mean, art is just so therapeutic. And also just look at others' art mm-hmm. and especially unique pieces. And I think that cut paper artistry is so unique. I'm curious, do you remember your first cut paper art? Uh, I remember... The first piece I ever entered into anything, and I recommend this for anyone who is interested in sharing their art with other people. Just, um, I lived in Buffalo at the time, and there was a on the Western New York Book Art Center, which was a group you could join, and then every year you could be part of their group, group exhibition. 
So it was, it was really special to be able to join something and then put your piece of artwork up. And that was the first piece of artwork that I made and then entered in something. And I think it, the piece I made for that ended up a newspaper cover. So that was cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was um, a three-dimensional house that I'd made out of old books that had been discarded from the library. Um, I took apart the books and then built the walls and everything out of the pages. <gasps> Clever. And then it folded flat and then opened up. And I'm not actually a three-dimensional artist. It's, it's <laughs> The sadness of my life is that I could never make pop-up books. That was always actually what I wanted to do was make pop-up books. <gasps> You still could. I think you still could. We'll see. Maybe that'll be the next, the next, you know, phase of my life. Why not? What got you into specifically cut paper artistry? Well, I'm not sure what specifically it was. It's that I like um, the play of shadow and light. Yeah. And I like for a lot of the pieces when they're framed, I usually frame them between glass so they can cast a shadow. And then it becomes, you know, again, it's this idea of entering into a world. And you can see through. Yes. And I love the precision. Like, to this day, I've cut paper. It's a funny fact. I've, I've cut paper so much that when I'm writing with a pencil now or a pen, I don't hold the, it the same way other people do. It's like I've forgotten how to hold um, a, like a pen or a pencil and, you know, write my name. I'm so used to holding a, a blade. It's so funny. How do you hold it now? How do you hold it? A pen and pencil. I don't know. I've just noticed it's been pointed out to me that my hand like clutches a pen or a pencil differently. That is funny. Than you <laughs> to, or that normal people do. So it's like you kind of have a fist, like you yeah. want the blade. <laughs> that yeah. is funny. That is funny. Um, is the penmanship still nice though? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, I, I went to Waldorf school, so they they drilled it in early. So resilience alchemy, which is your new deck, and I am curious what sparked this, what inspired this. Are you a a frequent tarot reader? I have studied tarot and do do tarot readings, but I don't read it from a standpoint of predicting the future or foretelling or anything like that. I read it from like a self care and like a self illumination aspect. And also, and this is, here's, here's, here's my, my hot topic thought, is that um, I don't actually necessarily believe that um, when, you, when you have a tarot card reading, that, that the card that comes up is the one card you were supposed to get in that instance. I believe that every card is useful and will be useful in any instance, and that it just gives your mind a different way to look at the problem or whatever you're facing. So there's 78 cards in a deck. And whatever card comes up will get you one of those 78 facets that will give you one different aspect of like a whole wheel of answers. Like that's what I believe. That is a very grounding perspective. And that's one thing I love about having all these different conversations is everybody shares their unique perspective on, for example, I've had a lot of different tarot readers um, on and everybody, it's interesting how everybody has their own interpretation. And I think for, I know that some people the fortune telling, it just sounds way too woo-woo, way too out there, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. yeah, like that one deck, that one card for some people, it's like that, how do you know that this is my card? So I think your perspective for a lot of people, that can be very healing for anybody, even a skeptic. One, I think also it, it takes the fear out of it a lot of the time because, mm -hmm. so I have OCD. And so a lot of what my brain does is it can lock onto things and obsess and worry about things. And so like, for example, for making Resilience Alchemy this deck, it was really important to me 
to not put any truly negative cards in the deck because in no way do I ever think it's my right or my place, this deck's right or this deck's place to make anyone feel fear or uncertainty. I don't think that is the role that anyone who's a deck creator That's good. should ever you know, take on just for their own peace of mind as well as the people using it. So, so for me, it's, it was important. Yeah, it was important to have every single card. There may be confronting cards in the deck, but they're confronting in a way that ultimately are helpful and healing. Like the, one of the cards in the deck is the grief card, which when it comes up, that can be, you know, a hard card to get, but it's ultimately, hopefully as well, a card of relief or release that sometimes we can be buried in grief and need a permission or a safe outlet to release it. Or um, like in the guidebook, I think at one point I say that it's also important to note, are you actually grieving something that you've actually lost? Are you grieving prematurely? It's just, it's just a opportunity to meditate on the word grief and recognize, is there something to grieve? Has there something you've forgotten to grieve that you've been carrying with you and you need to have a ceremony and grieve? Or is there something that you haven't really lost that you thought you did and you need to just reinterpret your relationship with it? So many valuable, important messages you just said. And uh, one that I want to tap on, if we rewind just a little bit, is uh, when it comes to tarot, and I've, I've picked up the card to be concerned about, right? It's, you're right. For a lot of people that can be obsessive about things. And so it's it can be unnecessary because why put your mind in that position when instead there can be a more beautiful, positive outlook, like if you were to receive the grief card, mm-hmm. instead of you can interpret it, you can see it as your permission to release it, to heal this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ten of Swords in Tarot is usually a card that's very upsetting to look at. Yeah, yeah, and oh, so, they're dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's just interesting um, how we are so led by images too. And so it's always good to be conscious of like the images you're putting out into the world too, because whoever sees it, it could, you know, have an association for them, you know, positive or negative. So, so yeah, yeah, and like with the... Um, as someone who does, yeah, who has OCD, it's something that like, for example, I was playing around with the deck, not my own, but a deck this morning, and I pulled a card. And my brain did go to that place of, oh, gosh, did I pull this card because something's going to happen? Or because it's something I need to look out for? Or because it's, you know, and it's just, you know, that can color my day negatively, instead of just like, a, oh, this could happen, but it doesn't have to happen. Or is this, or am I a bad person because this card showed up? And that's another thing that we're very, as humans, we like to feel cared for and in connection with others. And it is possible to feel, you know, um, removed from others through, yeah, just if you pull a card or something and it makes you feel worse. Again, that's like never in my life do I ever want to. Bring to, mind, bring to people's minds something new. I always want to help them resolve something that they're already thinking about. You're already going through. And every word you probably have in there, I mean, we all, I mean, this human experience is multifaceted. So you can tap into pretty much anything. And it's a great, it sounds like it's a great opportunity to be introspective on areas that you might have been uh, storing away for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, the whole, story behind resilience alchemy is I'm really fascinated by both of those words. They're great words. They are. And I think <laughs> they're two, two sides of the same coin. 
like I have many thoughts on resilience and many thoughts on alchemy, but um, so like I could, I could go on for days talking about them. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what does resilience mean to you and alchemy? Well, resilience, um, its definition is the ability to bounce back or recover. And so like, I think of resilience as like a tree bending in the wind, but not breaking, like just this ability to bend, to move, but to not be brittle and not crack, but just have that ability to think of even like a willow branch, you know, how beautifully fluid it is and how it responds to what acts upon it, but it doesn't react, it responds. And then alchemy is, um, its definition, the definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. And I, I absolutely love this definition because that seemingly magical aspect of it a seemingly magical process. And if you think about it, anything is alchemy. You breathe in and your body turns that into energy and pumps your heart, that's alchemy. You fall in love, that's a process of transformation, that's alchemy. You change your mind or you learn from mistakes or you gain new information, that's all alchemy. So we're all resilience alchemists, because I think of that, those two things together, resilience and alchemy, they're kind of two sides of the same coin in that you need to have a resilient, very fluid and open mind in order to change. But in order to change, you need to access your mind. So it's this two sides. It's like the one leads to the other. It's the Ouroboros. It's never ending this this process of resilience and alchemy. They're kind of always in dialogue. And every human experiences this and every human, like you just said, it ha is a resilient alchemist. I mean, life is wild and chaotic and the fact that we're alive and standing, clearly we've had a lot of transformation. I do think that alchemy might be my favorite word. Mm, it's such a good one. It's such a good, so is resilience though. Well, and alchemy has this awesome, like rich history too, because originally, the whole goal of alchemy was to turn other metals into gold or to find everlasting life. Those were, that's what alchemy was in the Middle Ages, was this, this search to find the magical formula that would create gold and the magical formula that would give you eternal life. But like, if you think about it as a metaphor, we're all kind of searching for this sustenance, this ability to be here and to continue and to make change in the world and have an impact that's eternal life that's you know having a purpose and gold and gold is just our ability to again make things beautiful in our lives find meaning you know this search to create gold create the golden aspects of who we are and how we treat the world and how we feel in the world. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. 
and you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara, and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E, medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. You are um, poetically articulate, I should say, in how you speak about these words. I can tell that you really value them. You're not just writing a title because it sounds nice. Like you really nurture these words. Thank you. I, I love words and I love word histories. I think we can learn a lot from from where words came from and how they evolved. Yeah. And this and this deck this deck came through so many it went through so many transformations. That was the the name it ended on. So it's just funny, yeah, that a lot of thought did go into trying to find the perfect word combination. <laughs> Sounds divine. It sounds like it's perfectly aligned. And you have a word matching a cut paper art, correct? How did you, did you first like think of the word and then you created the art or did the art manifest the words? Well, the art is pretty abstract in this. Um, again, with this deck is different from tarot and I think most oracle decks in that its artwork is mostly abstract. Think more of like a playing card deck than a um, tarot deck in that each suit has its own image, but within that suit, it's always the same image, just with different words. So it's it's like themed. And one of my reasons for that is again, with this idea that I don't want to lead people by giving them an image, because a lot of people see an image and immediately either see themselves in it or don't see themselves in it. And that immediately starts a process of associations so from the very beginning, without even thinking about what a card means in a deck, what its wording says or anything, someone's going to look at it and possibly think, this has nothing to do with me because they can't see themselves in it. So like that was one of my goals for the deck was to make a deck that hopefully everyone can see themselves and find themselves in because I never want anyone to feel like they're not welcome 
or they're not represented. Right. That's something that I found a lot in other decks that like I couldn't either see myself in them or I worried that people I knew wouldn't see themselves in it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, good point. And also your deck operates under a simple principle. Do you mind elaborating on this and what it is? Yeah, that resilience alchemy operates under this um, simple principle that in order to feel resilient in our lives, we might need to sometimes rearrange aspects of our lives and to look at our lives from unexpected or unusual ways. And we do that by asking questions and then using the deck to help us answer the, answer the questions in ways, in ways we might not have thought of. Mm -hmm. And so like there's two aspects of this. There's the one, there's asking the question. And sometimes even figuring out what question you're asking can give you the answer because I think a lot of the time we don't know what question is the overarching question we're asking. Like what is the most pressing question in our lives or throughout our lives? What is the question of my life? What is the question of your life? I do resilience readings with people like one-on-one. And that's always um, something I go over with them beforehand, before we have this reading is, well, what are the questions in your life right now that are on your your mind? What are the most distilled things that you've found weighing on you? And sometimes, you know, just figuring that out has its own answer because a lot of the time we don't, um, we're not allowed or given the space or the time to really sit with our questions and figure out what our questions even are. But then once we have those questions, introducing a new or unexpected element can sometimes help us solve them in ways that we wouldn't have come to on our own. And that's kind of what this deck is there to do. It's, um, we can think of it as like a tool set and, and a tool set and a, a team of allies that are specifically there to help us feel more resilient and at home and empowered in our bodies and in our lives. Mm, That's phenomenal. So if one were to pick up your deck, Mm -hmm. how would you recommend they first begin? They ask the question and then perhaps feel into which card to get? Walk us through the process. Well, there's a couple different ways to use the deck. The deck guidebook does have a section at the back if you are dealing with something specific, like there's a work, a work burnout spread, there's a healing family wounds spread, there's a spread for anger, there's one for loving your body, and that's the very end of the guidebook that gives some, you know, like self-care spreads. Or there's the idea that you can use it as like an oracle deck and pick a card a day as something to just think about during the day and kind of navigate whatever may come up, what challenges you may face during the day, navigate it through the lens of that card. You know, how could this card act as a remedy or as an ally or a tool for you? And then the third way, which is the way that I like to use it with clients, coming up with a series of questions together, shuffling the deck, and then laying out a card in answer to each question, and then spending some time with that card as answer and figuring out how is it the answer? And what is it telling us and what new perspective is it giving us on that question? Would you be open to doing a reading right now? I definitely could. (laughs) I got to think of a question. What are some typical ones? I have an event coming up um, at Astoria Bookshop and I was thinking about that. It's right before Valentine's Day. And so that's a good thing to think about right now is that Valentine's Day can be triggering to people or 
it can be a lonely time of year. So one, and um, for the event, I'm, I'm going to do a little mini reading there, um, collaborative, collaborative with the audience where I started off with a question and then they add any questions they might have. And then we do the reading together and then pull the cards and talk about it. I like that. So one thing I was thinking of was just that play on, we could ask, what does love mean in my life right now? Oh, I like that one. Or in this season, you know, what does love mean in this season for me? What does love mean in this season in my life? That one feels good. Okay. And do you feel like you'd like one card or do you think two cards would be a good idea? Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> so I like to say whenever we do readings, just always make sure that your shoulders are relaxed. When you take a deep breath and just untense everything. So we're coming from a relaxed space. And what does love mean in our lives right now? All right. So two cards. We have a sister card, the reveler. The reveler, she invites us to find pleasure. And our second card is a place remedy, and it's garden. And so within the deck, within Resilience Alchemy, there are six different categories of cards. You can think of them as six different suits. There's the sisterhood. And these are, I think of them as like the mentors and the teachers of the deck. So when you pull a sister from the deck, it's an invitation to approach the question from her standpoint and to think of yourself as her apprentice. So, so when asking the question, what does love mean in my life right now? And Reveler comes up. She invites us to find pleasure. What does that mean for you? What does revelry mean in your life? <laughs> and what might revelry, revelry have to do with love? <laughs> when you say that um, she invites us to... Find pleasure. Find pleasure. So when I heard the word pleasure, there's one thing that definitely came to mind right away. <laughs> and expanding from that. So of course, pleasure, pleasuring myself. That was like, honestly, the first word that came. I'm like, you could use a little more, you could you could give yourself a little more love in that avenue. Yep. <laughs> and also though, just it's okay to indulge sometimes in just the pleasures of life. Yeah. And what does it mean to revel in anything? You know, there's that aspect of a revelry and then revel is be like to just really surround yourself by something to totally surrender to it, you know, to revel in it. I think the first thing that popped to my mind is the thing that that's what really resonates right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Saying it bashfully. Oh, well, and that's, that's the magic of our brains and our minds is that any card will give us the wisdom we need to see because it's our brains and our minds interpreting what we need and what we're meant to see. So like whatever your first instinct is with something, that's usually really spot on. But then also um, think about it over time because more magical associations will probably arise. Yeah. And I can continue to remember this and remind myself that it's a season of, you know, embracing pleasure. It's okay to embrace pleasure, mm -hmm. revel in pleasure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No apologies. Unabashedly. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that, and that aspect of her little subtitle, which is she invites us to find pleasure, which is this um, going out and finding it. Hey. Finding pleasure is active. It's not just a passive experience, you know? <laughs> When just finding pleasure in any any aspect, you know? When I think of um, our second card was garden. So in, in the deck, you know, there's these six different suits. And garden is one of the remedies. And it's a place remedy. 
and the place remedies are all, um, I think of it as this idea that where we are impacts how we feel and we will feel differently in different places, whether it's a physical place or it's a metaphorical place we're imagining in our minds that whatever our question or whatever brings us to this card, it's always important to then mentally either put ourselves in this place or imagine this place, go to it or create it. And within the remedies, so there's four suits of remedies. It's very complicated. I will say that my brain works in such a way that I, I created an incredibly complicated deck with many layers, but you don't have to use it the way I do. But within the deck, within the deck, there are four suits of remedies. So there's the sisterhood, there's four suits of remedies, and there's gifts. And the remedies are head remedies, heart remedies, action remedies, and place remedies. And there are 12, 12 of each, and they go through the 12 stages of resilience. And the garden one, which is the one we pulled, happens to belong to the 12th stage of resilience. Yes, which has to do with um, resilience, transitions, and going further. Oh my gosh, and I'm in a major transition that feels uh, accelerated. So so it's um, interesting to have reveler and garden with this question, what does, what does love mean in your life right now? And I think of gardens as, well, there's many obviously so many metaphors for the garden. But what comes to mind for me most often is this fact that gardens are immense and there's a lot more going on than we ever see. And there's always something blooming, but also always something lying fallow that's not being used or that's being composted. But that a garden is an immense space full of so many different elements. And that's what makes it rich and resilient. So to think of you as a garden or as love as a garden is a really beautiful metaphor. Just, you know, like, what would it mean if love was a garden? Mm. And I keep bringing myself back to um, just pure self-love, especially during this time. Yeah, I feel like now finally I can breathe and the sun is shining again and the rainbow has come out. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. that is that resonates, to be honest, to have the garden and it's the 12th step of resilience. And it feels like, man, I really went through it and I'm I'm blooming. I'm here. Yeah. And and as the garden, it's that understanding that everything was kind of leading here. You know, yeah. that compost, like things, everything that has happened is now kind of compost and being yeah. re- renewed and reborn. And it all kind of led here. Feels like this was, well, obviously any card, you know, works for anyone, right? But I feel like these two, I was meant to hear. Yeah, it just feels, it feels aligned for me personally. I'm so glad. And also like, that's, that's my struggle is that I too believe these two things, that every card is useful and yet there are yeah. cards that I'm meant to see at certain times. Yes. And it's like the two sides of my brain are always like on this constant, like they're both learning <laughs> from each other, you know, like learning right. that there are some things you need to let go of and need to trust. And there are some things that you can control and that you need to take action on and that it doesn't have to be either or it's both all the time. Yes. Yes. Man, it's the, that's the paradox of life, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a card that really, really resonated with your soul that means the most to you by any chance? There's So there's this deck, which is Resilience Alchemy. And then next year, um, I have another deck coming out, which is Pleasure Alchemy. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that one. 
And I saw that. But I will say that every for every deck now I'm I'm in this theme where like I need to add a card in Latin. Oh cool. That's smart. Yes. <laughs> so my favorite card in Resilience Alchemy is the last card of the deck and it's Hexaity. And it's a gift. So in Resilience Alchemy, the gift cards are cards that are unknowable kind of aspects of human existence that are beyond us. They're bigger than us. We will ne- never totally understand, but they're present in all our lives. And they're always kind of at play in the background. So when they come as the answer to a question, like if we ask a question and pull this card, it means that there's something more beyond us that we may never understand, but that that's a good thing. And so hexaity is, its most direct, direct translation is thisness, or like the property that makes each one of us a unique and discrete creature being substance. So hexaity is what makes you unique and makes you you and me me. You know, what every, every single person, you know, even though we're all humans, we all physically have our own bodies, our own thoughts, our own histories. And what makes us, us, and that's hexaity, which Latin aficionados are probably going to butcher me for that, for that pronunciation. I think it's actually hexaity, but I just say hexaity. You know, tomato, tomato. Yes. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I can tell you that I'm excited about your pleasure, alchemy. I feel like that deck is something I clearly need right now, according to Sister Revel. Yes. Well, and (laughs) and it's interesting because, again, with that deck, it's like all sorts of pleasure. But my brain kept on going in similar directions to you while writing it. It was just like, I think think we all need a little more pleasure and a little more more permission. Yes. A little more. Yep allowing ourselves pleasure. For some reason, as you're saying this, I just pictured, I had this vision of um, guards falling down because I have so many barriers. Mm-hmm. And so breaking down the guards. Yeah. Yeah. I think of, I was, I had a conversation with someone recently. We were talking about what animals do we think we are? You know, if, 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 if emotionally, like what, which emotional animal are you? And I'm like, armadillo all the way. <laughs> Why an armadillo? Heavily armored, heavily armored. Oh know? my gosh. That was actually a rapid fire question if you're ready to move into rapid fire. Because one question is animal you connect with most, if any. Wolf. But I like the emotional <laughs> wolf. Oh, same. So emotionally speaking for you, it's the armadillo. But just yes. animal in general, it's the wolf. Actually, mm-hmm. I will say there's three actually. Yeah. For various reasons. The armadillo unwillingly. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily want to be an armadillo. It's just... What I emotionally have found my my uh, relationship lives to be <laughs> armadillo esque. Um, wolf is what I aspire to be. Ah, and opossums, just because I think they're really magical creatures. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now, are you ready for some more rapid fire? Sure. Is there any other message that comes to heart though before we continue? No, just that um, I'm very hopeful and excited that people will use it and find comfort in it and it will it will make them feel less alone because that was when I first conceived of the project and I think 2017 or 18 I was going through a period of time when I was very sad and the goal like I, I had this idea to create a deck that would be comforting and and that I think of the sisterhood in the deck as, and I invite anyone else to think of them this way, if they feel so inclined, 
as literally a sisterhood of um, friends and really loving mentors. And like sometimes when I am in, you know, a tough space, like sad or upset that I even go into this space where I, I imagine myself praying to them and they all have really fun names. Um, like there's the joy finder, there's the gentle weaver, there's the fire lighter. You know, some of them are more prosaic, you know, warrior, leader, there's the root keeper, but they're all very, um, they're like these archetypes that I hope are all helpful and comforting when it comes to human experience. So I invite anyone using the deck to just really feel that they are seen and welcomed and that everything in the deck is there to be support and to love them and to care for them. That's beautiful. I love it, Mond. All right, rapid fire. Coffee or tea? Tea. Uh, fave form of body movement? Walking. Your big three, if you know. Sun and moon. Oh, what are they? <laughs> are they both the same? Yes. Your sun and moon? So when, when were you born? Well, Scorpio. Yes, sorry. They're Scorpio. Okay. Sun and moon, Scorpio, rising Virgo. Ooh. Where is your happy place? On a hill. Possibly in a cemetery. <laughs> Possibly in a cemetery on a hill. Yes. Specifically. <laughs> it has to be on the hill. You're not the first person to say cemetery, but you are the first person to say one on a hill. Yeah. Well, a hill and if I could, a cemetery on a hill or a lighthouse. <laughs> Oh, a lighthouse. Yep, yep, yep. We already did animals. So do you have a morning routine? I usually go running and that's when I get all my thinking done. Yeah. All of my thinking done. And then I, well, I, I will say I get my thinking done in the first half of the run and then I strive really desperately the second half to remember <laughs> all of the deep thoughts I had in the first half. I feel you. I've been there. And if you could gift everyone you know a book, what would it be? I would gift them the poem Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. Ooh. And the Moomin Troll books by Tova Janssen. All right. And then this is the last question. I ask all the Euromagic guests, how would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic? By recognizing their ability to create alchemy and how truly accessible the idea of alchemy is when when we take away its you know supernatural woo woo qualities which are of course important and part of it but also just how wonderfully accessible the idea is of doing something that's seemingly magical and creating change mm, i feel like that was a perfect response as it kind of goes full circle and it was a motif of this episode <laughs> so that's beautiful and where can everyone connect with you well i am on instagram by Maud white on instagram and i have a couple websites i have an art website and then i have a website for resilience alchemy amazing what's your art website bravebirdpaperart.com and then resiliencealchemy.com and those are in the show notes of course of course and mod you have to come on again for a pleasure alchemy i love this episode it was so fun i would love to do that that would be so beautiful thank you thank you so much for having me this has been lovely talking to you it's been lovely talking to you it's it's an honor it's an honor 
Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into Be Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge too, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send him my love. Jai Mat. Thank you.